Hey Chainers, welcome to the first new type of format of Chain of Wealth. Yay! <laughs> so <laughs> we've decided to change things up a little bit with the podcast. We've decided to start doing two podcasts a week. And the reason we're doing this is for a couple of reasons. We have learned so much in the first couple of weeks of being live every week with five episodes we've decided to do two episodes a week for a couple of reasons we are going to pump out better content and we're also going to be updating our blog very regularly and updating our pinterest so if you want to go over and follow chain of wealth on pinterest you will see a lot of the stuff that we're working on yeah so we're focusing a lot more on quality over quantity so you can expect the episodes to be much more tailored to your individual needs. You'll get better questions asked in the interviews and just generally a much better format and, uh, you know, keeping things a bit more real. Yeah. So just to dive a little bit more into the format. So we're going to be going live with our podcast episodes on Mondays and Thursdays. So you can expect those each and every week. And the content on the blog will be updated almost daily you know like so head over to chainofwealth.com slash blog there'll be a lot more information there also we're going to be redesigning our home page and making it a little bit more intuitive and give you the links to the type of content that everyone's enjoying so lots of very exciting things going on over here yeah there's definitely a lot in the works here and we're really excited we're the show's been doing really well so far so thank you for everyone for their support and yeah we look forward to changing things up a bit and really providing a much better user experience for everyone. So without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Episode 17, Amazi Plantain Chips. Welcome to Chain of Wealth. Here's your host, Dennis, inspiring you to begin your journey of financial freedom. Chainers, and welcome to another edition of Chain of Wealth. Today I have Renee done with us. She is the founder of Amazi, which was created in April 2016, but has been a dream of hers for years. After studying in Uganda, the founder Renee was shocked by the high degree of entrepreneurship, but surprised by the endless piles of tomatoes, plantains, and bananas going to waste. There was a lack of business growth, employment opportunities, and a variety of product offerings. Renee was inspired by huge food waste and unemployment rates. She wanted to add value to natural resources by providing growth avenues for entrepreneurs, the unemployed, and farmers. Hey, Renee. Hey. So Katie heard you talk at the DC Startup Week a few weeks ago and thought that your story was incredible. Your company makes plantain chips. For our listeners who don't know, what is a plantain chip and... Why do they look like a large banana? And exactly tell our listeners a little bit about them. <laughs> so, um, good question. I will say that our plantain chips are unlike any other plantain chips. Um, we uh, dry and roast them instead of frying them. Um, and um, so, like you said, plantains can be a large banana, but actually, um, we use a variety that sometimes looks like a smaller banana, um, and it's a sweeter, uh, it's a sweeter plantain. Um, Uganda is actually colloquially known as the Banana Republic of Africa, and they have many varieties of plantains and bananas. Um, and we happen to choose 
the best one in our opinion. Um, has the most flavors, kind of the more delicacy plantain. And they're really great for digestion, getting that prebiotic fiber in and have a wonderful flavor to them as well. So when I spent time there, I became acquainted with the plantain. It's eaten all the time in many different ways. And um, I had had delicious fried plantain chips, but I was interested in exploring a healthier version. Uh, And so kind of came upon this recipe and took it from there. Awesome. So Ataba Mazi, tell our trainers a little bit about you and your personal life. Sure. Um, So I actually grew up in the DC area in Bethesda, Maryland. Clearly didn't get very far. And um, went to Wesleyan University in Connecticut. Um, There I studied, uh, I was a double major in economics, and we had a combined degree called the College of Social Studies, um, which incorporated studies of social theory, government theory, history, and economic thought. And that's sort of what allowed me to do my research in Uganda and take a more um, holistic approach to analyzing what was going on in the entrepreneurial landscape. Um, And then outside of that, I teach yoga and I love healthy food and food in general. And I'm very big on experimenting in the kitchen. So make a lot of different kinds of pesto. Um, That's kind of my signature thing. So, Renee, you got the idea for Amazi because you saw stagnant growth in Uganda. What were your first steps? And did you have a business plan or kind of just go off the flow? Um, a little bit of both. I did sit down with some business books and templates before heading back there. Um, but I didn't really develop a plan before getting started, mostly because I just had no idea of where to start or what my point of entry would be. Um, essentially the way it all happened was I was in another role in a job here. Um, and I had been sort of emailing contacts in Uganda, um, asking various questions and it became very clear that that wasn't going to work and it would take me getting on a plane and just seeing what happened. So, um, when it seemed like the current job wasn't, uh, taking me on the path that I wanted to go and my lease was ending, I just bought a plane ticket and hopped on the plane, gave myself three months initially um, to dive in and make connections um, and see what happened from there. Wow, that is quite the plunge. <laughs> yes, it, it was. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I know that you guys were going to get to this question about like what the scariest part is. Uh, <laughs> later, but I feel like it comes in right now and it actually wasn't going there. It was upon getting back and then saying, okay, I'm committing to this craziness. Like that, that was the scariest part. I almost wanted to be told or find something that would be like definitively, no, this is not going to work as opposed to this is just going to be a huge, massive challenge because the person that I am, that's not enough to stop me. (laughs) So kind of, that exploration itself, there was kind of this voice in my head the whole time, like, okay, are you going to find a point that's going to tell you no? Um, and once I didn't find that, the scariest part was rolling with it. Uh, so, yeah. I can imagine. Wow. So where did the name Amarzi come from? Um, 
Amazi is a word in Luganda, and um, it means water. And I will say, it wasn't my first choice of words, um, but I knew that I had to choose a word that people wouldn't be afraid to try to say. Um, and the American ear and eye is very particular. So I essentially put together a list of a bunch of different words that I thought had to do with agriculture or had to do with our mission. or And um, Amazi ended up being the top one. And it does work nicely. Um, so like I said, it means water. Um, and for us, you know, water is sort of the essence of growth in agriculture. And given that our mission is to grow agricultural supply chains, Amazi, our company, sort of becomes the essence of that. Um, so it does work very nicely. Awesome. Renee, I'm actually from South Africa, which is very close to Uganda, as you can imagine. <laughs> so I know exactly quite how far away it is and quite how long of a plane trip that is. So in light of that, where did you spend most of your time and how do you find that the two countries compare to each other? Yeah, um, so I actually am fully based in the U.S. And I was in Uganda in October, um, but really it had been over a year since my last time there, or just about a year. And the way that works is I sort of am the market connector. So the way it's set up is I have contracts with various suppliers there who are small businesses, who work directly with the farmers groups, and it's essentially all the ownership is on them. Um, and there's intention behind that because the idea for me was to encourage local businesses um, and encourage them to hire. And there's definitely challenges in that sense that, you know, I'm essentially trusting other companies to fulfill the dream. But, you know, that's any business you rely on your suppliers. And so for me, it's a lot of relationship strengthening. And I did, you know, a lot of the work with the product development sort of from the ground up, organizing the farmers groups and all of that. So in that sense, I'm very much in the US. Um, in terms of how they are different, like, <laughs> I have a hard time even knowing where to begin. I think Uganda's reputation as the Pearl of Africa is 100% justified. It is a gorgeous, incredibly fertile country with the nicest people, and it's endearingly chaotic. Like, so <laughs> every day is an adventure and a hustle, um, as opposed to that East Coast grind here where we expect things to happen at a certain time and we get antsy when the bus is two minutes late. And, you know, um, and I think because there are very few reliable government systems in place and mindsets are just so different in that way, people know how to hustle and they're very market driven, which, um, you know, is great in terms of business in the sense that the entrepreneurial spirit is very much alive. And at the same time, though, you kind of end up with a lot of mindsets of how can I make quick money um, instead of sort of getting to that passionate, creative, attached to long term vision business approach that we tend to think of when we set up businesses in the US. And that's been one of the many things that I'm trying to shift mindset wise through Amazi is by showing 
these high quality value added goods and what they can make with what's available. I'm hoping that along the down the road, more people are inspired to think more outside of the box and in terms of like bigger investment and growth, um, not just investment in terms of money, but in terms of just like time and energy and heart. And I think that's where people will really start to see more overall business development. Awesome. I imagine that it's been quite an exercise figuring out exactly how the dynamics of business work in Uganda and trying to sell them in the DC metro area. Do you have any advice for our listeners that may be considering an overseas venture in terms of bringing stuff over or getting something else made somewhere else? Do you have any sort of insights you can give people? <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> uh, no. I mean, I think that my process has been very unique um, in the sense that, you know, a typical buyer supplier relationship, you essentially, the buyer will place a PO, the supplier will fill it. You know, usually you'll probably have some sort of contract, you'll have some sort of quality expectations, and, you know, it's more or less done. But when you're working with something in a developing country with a good that doesn't exist yet, with a supply chain that doesn't exist yet, you have to be ready to get your hands dirty. So I will even say, like, for me, it probably would have been wise to spend even more time on the ground um, doing those initial phases. Like, maybe I've, I've talked to a few people who spent the first, like, two, three years of their company just working on the ground to build up capacity or whatever, whatever the needs were. So I will say that to whoever is looking into doing this sort of importing um, or relationships overseas – you have to be prepared to spend time with your potential partners and on the ground, just understanding culture. I, I had the benefit of having a long term over the span of like five years, having been there for extensive periods of time and having initial relationships and understandings of how to get around and how people thought. But it comes up in every which corner that you don't expect. So to just, especially if, you're, like I said, you're creating something new you have to be ready to get your hands real dirty and roll up your sleeves and be there. There's nothing like FaceTime. So Renee, you've told us all about your plantain chips, but where can we buy them? Good question. <laughs> um, so we, um, one easy place to get them is from our website, amazifoods.com. Um, we are revamping our Amazon listings and they'll be back up in 2018. And we're also in 16 in Deluca locations across the country, two in, two in New York City, one in Charlotte, um, one near Sacramento, and then we're in Kansas City and I feel like I'm blanking on, oh, Georgetown, DC. Uh, <laughs> and, then, and then we're in a number of DC area grocers and yoga and fitness studios. Um, as well as pop-up shops. So our entire retailer list is also on the finest page of our site um, if people want to see the exact lineup. Awesome. So what is your next sort of plans to help Amazi grow? So that's kind of what I'm in the trenches in right now. Um, it's sort of, I'm very... Uh, for a moving person, uh, I love like doing sales and 
getting product out there and making new contacts. But to really take off in new directions requires steps back. So I'm very much now in strategy mode, but I'm excited to say that 2018 will bring two new product lines, as well as a revamp of our branding in the spring. And I'm also building up to hire a team, hopefully in the more immediate future. And um, moving toward co-packing and larger distribution in the next year is my goal. Awesome. We'll definitely be on the lookout for that. Sounds <laughs> like the next year is very exciting for you. Yes, I'm putting together a roadmap right now to make it all actually feasible. Uh, but that's, that's the vision. Fantastic. Chainers, we're just going to take a very quick break and say thanks to our sponsors. And then we're going to dive right back into the value link round. Chainers, have you ever wanted to make extra money while you sleep? Have you ever considered hosting an Airbnb for yourself? Head over to chainofwealth.com slash Airbnb. We've written an awesome guide giving you all the details of how much money we've made on Airbnb. And it really sums up exactly all the steps you should take to ensure a good experience. That's chainofwealth.com slash Airbnb. Okay, Renee, why do you think that people fail at achieving their dream? So that they can appreciate success when it happens. I really like that. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any books or other podcasts that you could recommend to our listeners? I have a strange relationship with books and podcasts because I have a tendency towards comparison. And so a lot of times when people describe their journey, I have a hard time telling myself that that's their journey and it's okay that mine looks different. Um, that said though, I do use Insight Timer a lot, which is a meditation app, but within it, there's a lot of um, confidence and faith guided meditations that have been very helpful in terms of shifting perspective on non-attachment and just trusting that you know things will work out the way they need to. Um, I also early on, especially used a bunch of resources to learn about certain business modeling or uh, marketing. So Lean Startup was one of them. I used the Personal MBA was another book that I used. Um, I listened to Masters of Scale, Startup and How It's Made as well. Very cool. What is the best advice someone ever gave you? To create an exit strategy for yourself. So not necessarily the vision of selling off the company, what most people think of as an exit strategy, but a transition plan into the role that you want to be in. Because we all know that early on in business, you're going to have to wear all of the hats, but how can you build the business in a way that will get you to the role that you will find fulfilling? Okay. And do you have a favorite quote that you like to live by? Um, not necessarily a quote, but one of my favorite words is generate, like to generate something. And it's kind of this idea of you give to get. So if you want to feel energized, you've got to give some energy. If you want to feel happy, you got to give some happiness. And I've found that to be super helpful when I'm feeling like my tank is empty. If I want to feel easy, I just tell myself it's easy and <laughs> that's how it works. There you go. It's all in your mind. <laughs> yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Renee, we absolutely love chatting to you and you've rocked the interview. Do you have any other last parting piece of advice for our listeners? And then we'll say goodbye. Well, I kind of touched on this before, but I think for me, the greatest thing through this journey has been practicing non-attachment and curiosity on a regular basis. Um, I'm very type A. I've always had a history of being attached to performance. And 
the hardest thing has been to continuously remind myself of it's just an experience. You're just learning. And it's really the only way to keep moving forward, acknowledging that things aren't permanent, that they're not the way you necessarily see them, that they're not going to turn out the way you expect them. Um, it's really shifted my ability to roll with the punches and not get upset between the shifts, uh, between upswings and downswings. Like, <laughs> I think people talk a lot about this stuff during when people are upset, but they don't really talk about it in the sense of, oh, if you're happy right now, that's probably going to end soon. And I think um, understanding that that's just a part of it and you're not going to be happy all the time um, and you're not going to be sad all the time has just really made all of those moments opportunities for learning. And I just keep putting my best foot forward and get the most out of every step. Awesome. Chainers, we've been hanging out with Renee Dunn from Amazi Foods. Check out amazifood.com for information on her plantain chips and go try them out. They're yummy. <laughs> if you enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe, rate and review. Catch you on the flip side.